Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, you know we've been focusing on our communities and how we can each care for our communities and help lift up not only ourselves, but those around us to make sure that we are better, better connected, and know that we have support. My guest today is going to talk about something that affects a lot of us. And I really urge you to take the time to listen to the, the things that she has to say, but really also to listen to the message that she's trying to teach us behind the scene of how we can care for ourselves, given some very similar circumstances. So Nancy Poehler is the owner of Nancy R. Poland Connect. She's a writer and a speaker focusing on caregiving. As a volunteer educator for the Alzheimer's Association, she brings her firsthand experience as a care caregiver for her dad. He was diagnosed with Louie Buddy dementia. And from that, she published her first book, Dancing with Louie, a father-daughter dance before and after Louie Buddy dementia came to live with us. And through that, she narrates not only her experience, but I think a lot of the emotions that go through the process. Her second book is coming out soon called Remarkable Caregiving, The Care of Family and Friends. And it's a collection of true stories from six caregivers who, like her, were thrust into unplanned circumstances and hopefully and absolutely emerged wiser and more resilient. Now, she's got a lot of resources that she's going to share with you, but a couple of things that I really want you to know. She's also going to share resources for how you can not only just find other people to help you through the process, but resources that you may not have known that can help you ease the burden, especially if you're trying to juggle this kind of caregiving, along with caregiving for your own family, little things called a job, making sure to pay your mortgage, all those things that tend to group up on us. So joining me today is Nancy. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Michael. I'm so happy to be here with you today and to be able to share some little pearls of wisdom with our listeners. I love it. Um, this is obviously a topic that is near and dear to you, but it's also incredibly personal to you. So tell us, you know, I hit some of the highlights in your bio, but tell us a little bit more about your story and along the way how that has, you know, I guess kind of motivated you to help others and figure out how they can shock their own potential for themselves, their families, and for their communities. Well, as my parents aged, they became more fragile, which happens. My mother had a variety of issues. She had um, osteoporosis, so her back was basically crumbling. She had high blood pressure, some other issues. And at the same time, my dad, who was a very sharp person, he was a World War II veteran. He was a business owner. He raised a family. He loved people. He loved to tell stories and jokes. And he began to decline, you know, losing things and not being able to maybe balance his checkbook. They, it's what mm -hmm. they call the executive functioning started going, the analysis. And 
at first they said he was diagnosed with vascular dementia, which is, mm -hmm. I mean, he probably had that also, where there's like little mini strokes in the brain. Well, then shortly before he died, they said he had Lewy body dementia, which is, it's a very sad disease. It's similar to Parkinson's in that the person becomes very stiff, very rigid. You know, mm -hmm. it's like Alzheimer's in the way it affects the brain. You know, so we were balancing, taking care of my parents, and I still worked full time. I was in management. I traveled. My husband and I still had, you know, a teenage son left at home. And so it, it's what I learned. It's really hard to be at your full potential at work when you're mm -hmm. also trying to balance, you know, all these other things. And you know, we know when we have children, we're going to have to maybe take some time off after they get sick, but a lot of us don't plan for our parents aging and our parents becoming fragile, or you might have, mm -hmm. you know, maybe younger people help with grandparents, which I did. You know, so it's, it's really, you know, something that if we can think about ahead of time, it can help us get through those days. I agree. And so, and yeah, let it, me, it was very... Let me just ask a question too, because I think you, you kind of alluded to this, but I think many of us don't want to acknowledge that, that that might happen, you know, because something about maybe thinking we're even planning ahead um, has the tendency to make you think you might bring it on. And I know that that's superstitious and strange, but it's, I guess not strange. It's, it's probably more natural, yeah. but you know, it, it can't be easy to get people to talk about something they don't want to have to talk about, especially if they don't have to face it yet. Well, exactly. Um, you know, we tend as human beings to go into denial. You know, we don't like to admit we're sick or we don't want to admit, you know, something bad is happening. And I sure didn't want to admit my dad was losing his mind. I mean, this was my dad, the man who had came and rescued me when I had flat tires and, you know, who ran out to buy last minute groceries for dinner if we didn't have them or, you know, mm -hmm. he was, he was just always, always there. And to admit that, he couldn't balance his checkbook or he couldn't, um, you know, remember to pick up his jacket on the other side of the airport um, mm. check-in, you know, those kind of things just became more apparent. And, and we don't want to think about our parents aging and getting fragile. We don't want to think about ourselves that way. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so so we, we kind of go into denial. And I mean, I think one of my main goals is to educate future caregivers to say, you got to face reality. You know, if, if we all live long enough, we'll probably become medically fragile. We're not going to be able to go downstairs to do our laundry, like was my mom's situation. You know, and if you can plan ahead a little bit, you will, you know, be so much farther along. Yeah, you know, so I agree. it's it's really difficult, and I people really need to get educated. You know, it's interesting you say that too because. I'm going to say this a little tongue in cheek only because, uh, you know, here I am, I'm in my fifties. My mom is 87 and my husband and I have been contemplating making a move to Florida. And my mom said to me, you know, you guys really should consider a single floor house because at some point, you, you know, stairs are going to be tough. And I rolled my eyes at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ashamed oh, yeah. of myself. Cause I was like, Oh mom. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. No, I can see that, you know, so if you're looking at the next home, for instance, that you might be in for the next 30, 40 years, then it's probably wise to think that way instead of having to make another move because you have to, or to try and figure out how to accommodate, which in times when it's already tough, simple little things, but that can be thinking about moving forward. Oh, exactly. You know, we had a 
three-story house, you know, the upstairs, the main floor, and a basement, mm -hmm. which was great for years, you know, had room for our kids to play, have friends over. But then we, you know, I'm in my 60s and my husband's older than me. Well, he started having some serious arthritis problems and mm -hmm. back issues. And, you know, it was just hard for him to go upstairs or to go out and mow the lawn. And we're like, and, you know, I always laugh and I said, we put a sofa sleeper in the basement when we were young. And then you don't realize when you get older, you got to haul that baby out, you know. <laughs> so we, we had to get some of the football players from school over to, to haul yeah. that thing out. So, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't want to think in 10 or 20 years, we're not going to be able to, you know, get up and downstairs, but it happens. And, you know, you'll be that much farther ahead if you buy a one level now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's and a good, good analogy. And thinking about, you know, caring for loved ones, I know that when I was reading a little bit, some of your notes before we started, one of the things I was really impressed with, you were talking about, you know, not even understanding as your dad got sick, some different benefits that he could, you know, make use of, or, you know, the importance of something like Meals on Wheels. Can you talk a little bit about mm -hmm. those things? Because I think most people, it, when they hit that point, they don't realize that there are ways that they can access uh, resources that will help them. Well, and that's so important. You know, things like when my mom had surgery, um, she had her kidney out, she had kidney cancer. We ordered Meals on Wheels for a while, you know, just for several weeks while she got her strength back. And it was great. One big thing I didn't realize was my dad was a veteran and we started going to the VA, which was great. And he got medications at no charge. I think now maybe there might be a small charge. You know, he got annual physicals. They sent him a blood pressure machine. And even at that, I had never heard of one of the pension plans they have, mm -hmm. which is called Aid and Attendance. And it's for veterans who are in during a time of war. And he didn't even have to be in the war. He was like at the tail end of World War II. So he was stateside. But you have to be in at a time where you have to basically be homebound. So by that point, he couldn't drive. Mm -hmm. And we applied for it. And it took a long time to get it. I mean, this government paperwork is no fun. But mm -hmm. I, I was very persistent. And I do do some of that kind of thing for work. So I plowed through and after 10 months, we ended up getting $1,600 a month for him, wow. which was just miraculous because it, you know, he never saved much for retirement because he was going to work till he died, you know, yeah. so it really helped them live in good, safe housing and be able to afford, you know, meals and services when he needed them. So it's just like, and I, I tried to provide, I have a place on my website I'll talk about later, but where I have mm -hmm. resources for caregivers. It's like, there's so much out there, you yeah. know, just like our county has a chores and more program where seniors can get help raking their lawns or, you know, fixing the faucet or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, if your parents or you or your loved ones are in their own home, there's definitely ways that you can help find things to keep them safe and to keep them functioning in those homes. Well, one of the things that really came through to me too, as I was reading your notes was, you know, this sense of you know, kind of back to the beginning, the sense of, you know, being torn, like guilt, you know, my, I have to, I, you know, you had a teenage son. So, you know, you've got, you know, soccer practice and football practice and, you know, you got to help them, you know, get ready for the prom. And then you've got your parents who need you and you have a job that you need to do. There can be a lot of sense of guilt there being pulled in different directions. So just knowing that maybe you could use that those funds to hire somebody to come in or to know that your mom was getting good, healthy meals when you couldn't do it all the time, that had to be a big relief. Well, it wasn't. Once my mom passed away, then my dad, he just couldn't live on his own. 
but we moved mm -hmm. him to a senior apartment building that had services you could buy up. So it wasn't really assisted living, so it didn't have that huge cost, but there were nurses there. So we could pay so much a month for them to bring him his medication. Mm. You know, and we would buy, you know, one meal a day so he could go down for dinner. Mm. Um, we had somebody come clean his house every week or every other week. And he just thought, you know, these people were his friends, you know, that yeah. were helping him pick up his laundry and things. So it was, and we did some of it, you know, we helped him with different chores, you know, took him grocery shopping when he needed it and that. But, you know, it was such a relief. And it's like, people shouldn't feel guilty because we are only, <laughs> I mean, even though I had siblings that helped and my husband was great. It's yeah. like, like you said, I traveled for work. I worked, you know, took our son here and there, went camping with the Boy Scouts, you know, <laughs> soccer practice. And we had an older son too, who got married during that time, you know? And so all of that is, you just, you have to deal with life too and work. You want to be your best at work. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. What a great mission. Yeah. Nancy, we're going to take yeah. a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, -face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M ls6 and enter the code resil 50 off in all capitals to redeem your 50 percent off coupon the link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com back with nancy Pullen, and we are talking about a lot of different elements i think that it's you you know, it's really important. I haven't gone through it that way. I was very fortunate. My grandmother came to live with us when I was in high school. And by that time, she had uh, just outlived her third husband. She married and outlived three of them. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, if she would have gotten six, she would have found and outlived a fourth one. She was feisty. Mm. Um, wow. But I got to, uh, you know, I got a real great opportunity to spend time with her, you know, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years of her life. You know, she wasn't ill at that point in time. But I, you know, I still saw the, you know, as she got older and, and things were more difficult, I saw the toll that it took on my parents and, you know, just even me, if I was around, um, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. And I think it's really important to recognize this because the sense of feeling like, you know, I'm supposed to do it all, but I don't know how to do it all. Um, and, you know, I think you alluded to the fact too, in your notes that, you know, at some point in time you hit that burnout too. Um, so, yeah. you know, when you're thinking about people listening that are saying, okay, you know, maybe I'm starting to go through this, or maybe I think it's probably going to happen to me with my family, um, and I'll have to be in some part of a caregiver role, you know, what does it mean for our communities? How does it help us, you know, being more aware of this and more prepared, how do you think it will mm -hmm. build better communities for us, help us to not only take better care of our communities, but ourselves? I, I think it's so important to be a functioning member of the community, you know, maybe 
people are part of volunteering at school or maybe, you know, people work in their churches or synagogues or whatever faith community they have. And, you know, we need those things in our communities too. We need people on the city councils. And, you mm -hmm. know, just to add some of those extra volunteer activities on top of everything else is hard, but, you know, how are we gonna build our communities otherwise? And mm -hmm. how are we gonna be good workers? You know, fortunately the workplaces have gotten more flexible, especially since COVID. But I remember, you know, you, you know people maybe have to leave to go to conferences for their kids. But again, my dad was in the nursing home you know, 2.30 is the latest they'd schedule care conferences. And we didn't really have, you know, the phone calls back then. So, you know, I had to leave work at two and go to the care conference on the other side of the city. You know, you know, so it's just, you've got to try to maybe have you go one time and another sibling goes another time or, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. Um, it, and, you know, me getting sick and burnt out is going to cost more healthcare dollars. Right. You know, I, when my mom, she took in my grandparents, she was only 59 and she had a mild stroke. And was that because she was taking care of them and trying to do everything? And, mm. I, you know, probably, I don't know. And she wasn't probably back then getting her blood pressure checked and all that. Mm -hmm. But again, that that's just, you know, more burden on society, which is a horrible way to look at it. But if we can take care of our health and our well-being while we're taking care of our loved ones, you know, it's just going to benefit everybody and it's going to benefit us especially. I, I agree. And I think it's, um, I don't know data on this, but um, I know in a couple different states, at least, that they're passing, um, I don't know if it's laws or whatever, uh, but that if a, if a uh, family member has to become a full-time caregiver, that they can actually get reimbursed. So if that, that, person was on, you know, Medicaid of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, I think there's even more that we could probably do with that. But, you know, as I see that happening, I think that's really, that's a real testament to the fact of we need people to do it. We know we have a shortage of people doing everything right now, yep, yep. Um, but you can't, but you can't ask somebody to do it and give a, you know, when they have to lose their job, if there's a happy medium of paying them to care for that person, that really opens up new opportunities for us. And I think that is getting more common and I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it's certainly something to look into. It also might be the case if there's three siblings and one sibling quits their work to take care of mom and maybe yeah. the other two siblings have good jobs, maybe they contribute to that person, right. you know, help give them a monthly stipend to take care of the parent. I mean, not everybody can stay home and be a caretaker. Not every home is set up that way, mm -hmm. but it's going to, it's going to be reality. There's not enough, you know, assisted living. There's definitely not enough nursing homes to take care of people. And it's hard mm -hmm. to get somebody in a nursing home unless you're willing to pay, you know, yes. six, eight, $9,000 a month. And how long mm -hmm. is that going to last? Not much. So, yeah, again, it's, you know, every Avenue you can find. And one of the most important things I emphasize is to get your legal paperwork in order. Mm -hmm. um, in my, my second book, which is called Remarkable Caregiving, the very first story is about a woman who she was taking care of her parents as they aged and her dad had the healthcare directive in place for himself, but not for his wife. And when mm -hmm. he became incapacitated, the lady Cynthia, she lived in Minnesota. Her parents were in Missouri. She had to go to the state of Missouri to court to get guardianship of her mother, right. just because that one piece of paper wasn't in place. <sighs> and she had to report everything to the court. 
she had to tell them how much money she was spending, where her mother was living. And as the story mm -hmm. goes, she resorted to kidnapping, oh. you know, <laughs> to, to yeah. take her mother. And, you know, that's the story. But, you know, a power of attorney, you know, I even say if my husband and I got in a terrible car accident, mm -hmm. who would be able to get to our banking accounts and our life insurance or our health insurance or my work, you know, so we have our sons, one primary, one secondary named as our power of attorney, if that happens. Yeah. And, you know, as sometimes they say, if you don't have a close family member or a friend to do that, that's when the fraudulent people come in. Like Absolutely. a neighbor says, oh, I'll take care of your dad's money. Just put me on the bank account. <laughs> and, you know, that, and uh -huh. maybe that person is fine and good hearted, but, you know, you, you've got to take care of your own. And you've, again, even if you're right. young, any of us can become incapacitated. So, well, that, even think like about that. Not that I'm going to think bad about everybody, but even if that neighbor is right. a good person and, and does a good job, but then they get incapacitated and now their son right. has control of both bank accounts. You don't know. Exactly. Me... Or, you know, when things get complicated with spouses and ex-spouses and oh, yeah. I have a stepson who I love dearly. He's part of the family, but you know, some people don't have that luxury. Some people, you know, don't want certain spouses or, or ex-wives or whatever to get things. And sometimes they need to look into a family trust. And that's where you need legal help. You know, some of these things you can find online and fill out. But when things start getting complicated, you know, if you have a remarriage or anything like that, you really need to consult an attorney that specializes in those type of things in family law. Because, you know, it's I don't understand the laws. I'm not a lawyer. I can mm -hmm. only imagine yes. the things that happen to people. And it's good advice because when you go to meet with those people, they ask you a lot of questions that they do. At first you may not know the answers to, and that's fine. It gives you discussion points as a couple to, right. and as a family to go back and say, okay, what would we do in this circumstance? And those things can be tough, but they are worth the effort oh, yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Mm -hmm. Right. And like where stepchildren are involved, do you leave them each 50-50 or do you leave one more because they have another parent, the other one has another mm -hmm. parent? And, you know, it's easier to talk that out with your spouse sometimes when you're sitting in front of a lawyer than to, you know, sit on your couch <laughs> and, you know, things get sensitive. So that's true. Yeah, it's, it might cost you a little money up front, but let me tell you, it can save a lot of heartache in the end. Yeah. And it can save a lot of money in the end too. That a lot of le uh, lost- definitely. Uh, it lost money just, you know, working with the courts. So right, without definitely. a doubt. Yep. Um, Nancy, you have incredible resources for people. I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but I know that you um, are going to tell us how to reach you, but I know you also have some uh, free downloads and some free resources for people. So tell us what you want us to know um, in case somebody's like, I want to find out more about this right uh, now. Well, my website is just nancyrpoland.com and that'll be in the notes. I do have some lots of downloads. I have lots of links for caregiving resources. I have a friend who had breast cancer and she made an excellent video of helping friends with cancer. And she's kind of a humorist too. So there's a little humor in there, but just very practical things of how, you know, if you need to go to radiation treatment and you have someone lined up, line up a backup, you know, mm -hmm. and I have another friend who's going through that right now. You know, so even, you know, how to help your friends. Um, I have a legal check sheet that people can download. I have some other types of tools they can use. And one really exciting thing I have today is for the first 10 people who send me an email at author by Nancy, author at nancyrpoland.com, I will send them a free copy 
an e-copy of Dancing with Louie. Your, which yeah, is your my book about book. my dad's Louis body dementia. So that's again for the first 10 people I hear from. Excellent. And I'll I'll give you the link and the the special code and you know it's pretty easy to download. So that's, that's my exciting news for today. Excellent. And your new book is out then. I thought it wasn't coming out for until November, but it's out now. Okay. So Dancing with Louie is out now. That came out okay. last year smack in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and a word of advice, if you're going to release a book, try not to do it in the middle of a pandemic, but there you go. How would I know that? <laughs> and then my second book, Remarkable Caregiving, comes out November 2nd. So depending okay. on when you air this, um, it's coming out soon. I do have copies myself if anybody wants one early, or you can okay. order it on websites like Amazon and Excellent. they'll send you a copy when it comes out. Excellent. So well, we'll have the I'm links really excited to about these books. Yeah, we'll have the links to it. Your episode is uh, is airing on October 29th, so it'll just be a couple days after that. <laughs> perfect, perfect, yes. Excellent. Well, Nancy, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? You know, my advice is break yourself out of the denial mode. Mm. Search for resources ahead of time. You know, if maybe your parents or grandparents even are starting to get frail, you know, take them around and look at maybe some senior living situations. You know, we did mm -hmm. that for my parents. You know, we knew they were getting to that point and we visited some apartments, some townhomes, just different things. And, you know, some they were like, nope, nope. And some they were, well, you know, maybe we could live here. You know, so, so it's just try to plan ahead, try to find resources, get your legal paperwork in order. And don't be a hero and try to do it all yourself. You know, none of mm. us are superheroes. And, and, you know, I mean, it sounds horrible sometimes, but, if you know, your loved one possibly may pass away at some point. And what's going to be left is, are you going to have a shell of yourself left? Mm. You know, just, you know, where you have maybe high blood pressure, or you have, um, you know, developed anxiety disorder. I mean, I had some depression with my parents' situation, mm. and I actually went on some medication you know, so take care of yourself because that's the only way you're going to be able to take care of your loved ones and you have to have a life after they pass away. That's true. That's good advice. It's great advice. Yep. Sometimes it's hard to hear, but to your point, yep. don't live in denial, I think is the way to help you make sure you're making as good of choices for yourself as you can to keep it going. Nancy, yep, thank you definitely. so much. Um, thank you for sharing your story and for mm -hmm. your wisdom and giving us motivation of what to what we can control today mm -hmm. that may help us today and tomorrow. It's been a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you so much, Michael. And I, I just hope that people will take a few words of this advice to heart and, and you know, try to make life better for everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.